That is a blast from the past. How's you know, it man, going? I, it's good. I thought that was appropriate here as we're moving towards the off season here and mm-hmm. nobody really knows what to expect. And the wheels are going to be moving. We're going to see a couple people shifting, changing. You know, things are uncertain mm-hmm. with it. But it, it, I mean, this is where this is where the homework time comes in. This is where you know all the all the work you've put in through the season to prep, especially for these guys on the bottom, are oh, really yeah. coming into play now. For some of those bottom teams, this is their season. Oh yeah, and this is this is great. But I'm doing good, man. It's nice to get back on the on the mics with you here. It's nice to be able to talk a little bit of football. Um, but I think we've got something important to talk about to start, right? We do. Yeah, we. It's, it's been like a month, so there's been uh, some things that went down. Um, we're gonna talk about the ACT. Sam yeah. finally took the test. Yeah, years later. Uh, well, you know, better late than ever. I know he's been busy it's trying true. to be a doctor, doctor and stuff like doctor that. Dr. Weir. So the bar's kind of high right now, I think. It, it is. So um, so what's the best you can get on the ACT? Is it 36? The best you can get on the ACT is a 36. Okay. And Sam... Ooh, um, I'm, I want to take a guess needless, here really quick. Needless to say, Sam wasn't the very studious person in high school. He got a 21 uh, way back when. Okay, but, but as but as we've mentioned, you know, he's trying to be a doctor and he's well on his way. He passed his board, spoiler alert. Um, and now he's just waiting to be placed for residency. Anyways, so the bar is pretty high for him. And okay. I think we have it set at 27 and a half. Yep. So were you in the category that thought he was going to be 27 and under or 28 and higher? So I took the under, and here's where I, here's what my thought process was for that. Okay. I thought that science he would he would nail. Obviously, that's his his area forte. He should have some things at least from the human body perspective with it. Now he might you know need to tap back into the fact where Billy Madison was talking about chlorophyll and borophyll and all that other fun stuff with it. Of course. So I, so I figured science would be a good one for him. Okay. Math, I'm going to say, is not going to be a strong suit. English, I would maybe put middle of the road okay with it um we did a oh no the writing portion is just an apology letter what's the one category i'm missing so there's english math science and reading oh reading yeah fuck reading reading's stupid i don't read well anyways um i'm gonna i'm gonna say the only one he went above average on on that 27 and a half was science so i'm gonna take the under with just science being on the over if you had to, I know it's just an over-under, but if you had to make a prediction on the exact score. 25. Okay. I'll give him four points on where he started in high school. So I actually had a high bar for him. I, I didn't like break it down like you, but I thought he was going to score a 30. Uh, just, oh, oh. From, just from what oh. I know, like from him, how he's been like, I mean, I he's my brother, so I know the type of person he's become. So I had really high expectations for him. With that said, his final score was a 29 oh so congratulations on the over my friend and not only that you um could not be more ron um <laughs> so fun fact science was actually his lowest score um he actually he had high expectations for science too but fun fact science is like the most difficult thing to score well on in the act after grading it if you get like two ron in science the highest score you can get is a 34, which is obscene. If you get two run on any other, 
other the three sections, English, math, or reading, you're still going to get a 36 to put into perspective how like high the curve is for grading that. So science was his lowest uh, at 27. And then English and reading checked in at 29. And math was his highest at 30. Wow. So I, I definitely fucked up with the world a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think he had some help because he did just, he's been studying hard the last three months for boards. And from what I understand, uh, there's like a lot of logic and, you know, just stuff like that. And like, I think the reading and English stuff actually, it kind of applied. And he was actually blown away how good he did on the math side. Uh, but science, he was disappointed in. Hey, that's an eight point improvement from where he was at in high school. Now, I mean, obviously that factors in the fact that there might have been some booze and other extenuating circumstances that played in that could potentially kill brain true. cells. But I fuck tickle me impressed. Congratulations to whoever bet the over. Congratulations, Dr. Sam with it all and you know now the question becomes is that's the bar armand's well, got armand's got to kind of figure life out a little bit here now and do, mean, do we ever figure out what armand does for a living i will try to get that information i don't think we have to have i mean sam obviously has that bar but you know everyone has their own different things like if you know oh no fuck that this is a, this is a, this is a dick comparison right here okay this is, okay this is, you can manage a fantasy football in one thing, but this is one of those ones that are you actually fucking worthwhile outside of fantasy football in life with it? With so heaven forbid, I never take last place. Cause I imagine this isn't going to be fucking great. <laughs> I don't think I would score higher or I don't even remember what I got, but I would not do good on this test. It would be awful. I, all, all I know is. So just to put that in perspective, um, I hit above 30 in both math and science when I took it, oh, but wow. I, I scored in the teens with reading and in the low twenties with English. So oh, I, I fit it. I finished it at 27 when I took it, or it might've been a 26. It was one or the other. I got, um, a, I think I got a 25, maybe a 26. Yeah. But I definitely, I put it up in the fucking math and science industry, but I read reading's fucking stupid. Who the fuck needs to read? Well, you know, apparently people that take the ACT, hmm. But you want to know who also needs to read? People that accept trade offers. And we had a trade. <laughs> we had a trade that went down, like, I think it was shortly after the season ended, right? Like, was it beginning of this month or end of December? Um, I don't a, even remember. It's just 23 days ago in Sleeper. Okay, so that so, means it was this month. Yep, it was, it was after 2020 had expired, so. There we go. So, Kevin and Armand, they got, I feel like they've done a few trades, you know, no, mm -hmm. no big deal. Like, there wasn't a big mega blockbuster trade that Kevin's still trying to justify to this day, uh, almost 300 days later, um, between them. So they're back at it. You know, the familiarity helps them get deals done. Uh, so let's talk about what happened with that. And in this deal, Kevin received a 2022 first round draft pick that is Stefan's. Um, the third overall pick in the second round of this year's draft, which is Sam's, and Michael Perrine, uh, he's a rookie Jets running back. And Armand received Mike Kosicki, Nick Roos, uh, second-round draft pick, which I believe is the seventh 2.7 pick, and Kevin's third-rounder in 2023. Uh, Dan, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this one? I don't get it. For who? I, uh, I, I just, I guess I don't get it for Armand. Yeah. Like, I, like, am I wrong with, am I wrong with that? I don't, so here's where I'm at with Armand. I think Armand's, you know, we've seen a lot of moves for him. He's kind of 
bought either low or maybe bought high on a lot of like young players. You know, with me, obviously, there was a few moves that he made for some players. Um, we saw him acquire Jalen Rieger, Mike Kosicki. And for those young guys, you're either going to buy players that are borderline bust. You know, Nikhil Harry, we'll see. He could rebound. No. Or you're going to pay like a premium for a Jalen Rieger, who's a rookie, who had a so-so year, but he still has upside. Uh, Mike Kosicki, who's a young tight end, had a really strong year. Um, but, you know, we'll see that there wasn't a lot of weapons in that Miami offense and who knows maybe this offense is going to change a lot if this you know Deshaun Watson or who knows what happens with Tua Tagovailoa um but even with that all that said I just look at Armand's team and does he even like his starting lineup is going to be obviously Trevor Lawrence you know Saquon Barkley DeAndre Swift Cortland Sutton at wide receiver I mean Jalen Rieger I guess is going to be a second guy or Denzel Mims, his second wide receiver. Mike Asiki at tight end. Tua is going to be his second quarterback. And then at flex, I mean, who do you have? Zach Moss? Um, Sony Michelle? Nikhil Harry? Even for draft picks, I mean, he has two second rounders. Maybe he gets a flex there, but like depth, I feel like, is an issue for Armand. And he's continuing to like throw these, not throw these draft picks away, but use these draft picks to update, upgrade his roster. And not saying it won't work out, but it's, we'll see. I mean, rebuilding team, or the most difficult thing I feel like in Dynasty is like being patient when you're rebuilding and knowing when you need to like flip the switch and go for it. And because if you get that wrong, like you could really set yourself back. And if you're too early, like you're just delaying the inevitable for your roster being shit. Or if you're like too late, you know, then you might have missed your window. I don't think Armand missed his window. So the question is, is this too early? Should he have like maybe try to be conservative for one more year? Or, you know, is he right? And Barkley, Lawrence, Sutton, like Swift, are those guys going to carry him to the promised land? I don't know. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting piece, too. I mean, obviously, he's got Saquon Barkley and he's yep. got DeAndre Swift. So you've got your two starting pieces figured out. And you've got a guy that plays on the Jets. And now, granted, this is an Adam Gaseless Jets. So you've got to figure that everybody gets a small uptick from a Jets perspective, right? Like, like, like I'm wrong in thinking that that is an actually encouraging piece for LaMichael P. Ryan, Sam Darnold, potentially, depending on where they go in the drafting. But that's a very good thing. And Mike Gusecki had a great year. Like, I don't think there, he was the number seven PPR tight end, with, which is that's a top 10 guy. With oh, the, yeah. Never anything to sneeze about in that thing. But you're right. That quarterback situation becomes very interesting. You know, and when we look at what he did, he had one week over 30. He had two weeks over 20. But he also had a week at three. He had a week at 2.3. Um, You know, a week at seven, a week at eight. There's some cause well, potentially for concern. Absolutely. He's not that elite tight end. Like, he's not in that... He's not close to that Kelsey Kittle. I mean, Waller but can be Kelsey Kittle or Waller with that. So my question for you is: so let's say Kelsey Kittle and Waller are one, two, and three. Sure. Gasicki finished at seven, mm-hmm. which means that there's only three tight ends that actually finished better than him. Yep. That well, I mean, if you're in a twelve-team league, if you're getting, and especially in a tight end premium league, if you're getting the seventh best guy, it's not too shabby. But at the yeah. same point in time, you is don't think about yeah, and exactly, and that's where you, that's where I think the big question mark comes into. And 
I think Kaseki's a very talented player. Um, he's a big target with it, and he's shown that he has explosive potential, but he's also shown he can get lost in the offense. And we can say the same thing about LaMichael Pirine with it. Um, the, gonna... the maneuver of draft picks, I, you know, it, whatever with it, but. Yeah, I mean, he, Kevin basically moves up, what, five picks or four picks in the second round. For, and he gets a first rounder in Perrine for Gasicki and a third rounder. Perrine, first... I don't know. I don't think he's going to be anything, to be honest. Getting the first rounder, I think, is the biggest win for Kevin. Oh, yeah. By, by far. This is this is what it is. I mean, everything else is marginal improvements. So, I mean, I think for Kevin, I mean, he has Hunter Henry and, of course, Travis Kelsey. Tight end is a luck luxury for him right now so it, it makes sense for kevin i think by far he he didn't eat Gasicki. um do you think he could have done better or was this like the ceiling of the deal i would say it's probably the ceiling of the deal i think anything more would have been a little extravagant and erroneous and other fun words that you can put together shenanigans <laughs> um with it i think this is kevin got his money's worth um, yeah, I getting, a, getting a first round for Kasicki after coming off a big year, that's selling high. And I, I applaud the, the sell. I agree. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, so for Armand, he's obviously like, we can pencil and he's taking Lauren to the first pick. He still Pretty got much. two. He's still got two seconds. He doesn't have any draft picks in 2022. He's got two first rounders in 2023. I mean, do you think we're going to see, Armand maybe trying to get more talent or do you think you know right now he's going to wait for draft picks and try to get rookies I think he's I think he needs to move a couple pieces in order to be able to grab draft picks not being in 2022 with where his current roster sits is concerning at least that's my opinion on it um you know he's got he's got good young talent with yep. it, I think I think he has the ability to move a couple pieces. The Dwayne Haskins piece is is interesting. With it, I don't think he's going to be the answer in Pittsburgh, but you never know. With it, I mean, you've got Saquon, you've got Jalen Rieger, Zach Moss. I'm very big on. Tua is going to be an interesting piece. Tua goes very much downhill if he ends up on the Texans roster because they could sure. keep Deshaun Watson upright, and Tua had an injury there. With it, um, who knows what's going to happen with Terod Taylor? A lot of young, interesting pieces with it, but young, interesting pieces don't help with the rebuild unless they actually take off. And your ability to reload is more important if something doesn't go well. So for Armand this year, you've got to hope that you hit whatever you're moving because 2022 is going to be a very, very rough year to retake the ACT again. Well, potentially. potentially. Second time's a charm, right? Hey, maybe you can have a low bar and clear it the next time. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else for Kevin's side of things? Or no, I think I think that covers a lot of it. I think it's it's a. I think we've hit all the points. Okay. Um, all right. Then I think just really the last thing I wanted to go over in this pod is just kind of looking at like the landscape of the league. You know, impending maybe free agents, some rookies, and just kind of go through each position quickly. Well quickly for us and just kind of just, you know, shoot the shit, see what happens. So let's start with quarterbacks. And I think just the first thing that we have to discuss with quarterbacks is potentially let's start with free agents. Holy and shit. 
Well, I mean, the biggest one by far is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, yep. Do you think there's a chance in hell he's available on the open market? No. As much as that kills me to say, no. Yep. Okay. So, and if if Prescott does get franchised, which is clearly the very going to be the probably likely would outcome, eighty percent option right there. Yep. Yep. We have Jameis Winston, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jacoby Brissett, Kyle Allen, Tyrod Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Um, Ooh, not Taylor Heineke. <laughs> oh. I mean, are any of those guys like? If you had them, you're you're you got your fingers crossed because you might hit with that lottery ticket, or you know you might. I mean, we'll we'll talk about you after this, but you might need quarterback. Like, is there any of those guys that would tickle your fancy? Jameis Winston. Yeah, I think, think James he's gonna outside of outside of Dak. There, sorry, an ad pop up on my screen, and that really kind of fucked with my world for a second there. Um. I think he's the guy that's got to be the the talk of the town. Andy Dalton, I think, is another interesting piece. Mitchell Trubisky is he showed signs of hope, but I think you've got to be more excited about you know the other two before you get into some of the other guys, and that includes Taylor Heineke and all of that. Um, but I think Jameis Winston's the guy that is the most interesting piece, and it's you've got to if for me initial pieces, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. He's absolutely going to be. Do you think and Drew Brees is 100% retiring? I think Drew Brees is retiring the way he looked back after they lost the game. Yep. It makes me believe that that's the end of his career. He's going to come out. He's going to say it. Um, there's rumors that he looked, He walked over to Jameis Winston towards the end of the game and said, this is your team now, Yeah. which makes me believe that they're going to continue to use Taysom Hill as the gimmicky jackass of the entire league. Mm-hmm. And he, and Jameis Winston is going to be able to thrive in that offense. You don't bring him in there for one year if you're not going to be able to turn the turn the reins over to him. Yeah, I mean it's hard to argue with that, but he is a free agent, and uh, you know, yeah, so is Jacoby Brissett. But I like Jameis Winston better. Fair enough. Um, we didn't mention obviously Philip Rivers retiring. Yeah, um, good for him, great and, career. Yep. I, poor, poor Adam. Quarterback situation. Uh, he needs some help. Yeah, I think there. I mean, obviously, there's a couple people that you got to look at. Where from the? He does have Winston now. So yeah. Oh, God, I found one of those sites that fucking. I'm trying to fucking manage all this shit, and there's it's ads cancer. popping up everywhere. Oh my god, it's fucking atrocious. All right. Well, let's. So we talked about obviously about free agents. Now let's talk about like trades. Like well, so, uh, so the one thing I want to oh, talk to you real quick as we go into okay. this. So I thought this was interesting. So I, I love Adam Schefter. Okay. With all this, do you know what the over under Adam Schefter put in put on that there are there are these teams will have a new quarterback starting for 2021? I saw that. I think it was like 18. 18, and he said he'd take the over. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's it's absurd. I mean, we obviously know the Colts and the Saints are going to have new quarterbacks. We know the Jaguars. And probably the Jets are going to have new quarterbacks. That's four. We know the Bears are probably going to have a new quarterback. That's that's five. Washington football team. The Patriots team. are Patriots. probably going to have a, I, guess, I guess the football team, yep. That, we're up to seven. I So I did this earlier with, with okay. a couple guys at work. Mm-hmm. We went to 16 guaranteed are probably going to have something change. 
We know Stafford, and that, obviously. And that doesn't include nobody knows the future of Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what's going to happen in, in Philadelphia with it. Yep. Um, Oakland, is Derek Carr going to be continued to be that guy, or did Marcus Mariota show signs? And Mariota, I think, is a free agent, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. Yep, so, th- so that becomes a very interesting piece with part of it. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple. Um, Denver, Drew Locke situation. Oh, yeah. With it, I mean, you can we. I mean, you can go team by team here. I think there's oh, only Teddy like, Bridgewater and yep. the Panthers, Carolina, yeah, the Falcons with Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo for the Niners. We obviously hinted at Tua for the Dolphins, the Eagles Sean. situation, and of course the Texans. I think, yep. and uh, the new Hallable or the new like excited thing is Jared Goff for the Rams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so many moving pieces at quarterback that unless you have depth in our league at quarterback right now, mm-hmm. you've got to be shit in your pants. You don't know where any of your fucking guys is going to end up. This is one of those ones where I forget. I don't know which league it was in when Tannehill got traded to um, Tennessee. I think it, and I could be confusing the eight leagues that I play in uh-huh. where all of a sudden there was somebody that had Tannehill and Mariota on the roster at the exact same time. And it's like, well, fuck man, there goes, <laughs> there goes trying to corner the market on some of that, but this is going to be a, this is going to be a scary, scary free agency, I think, more than what we've seen in other years for the most important piece on the team. And unless you own a, own a Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Baker Mayfield, some of these guys that you know are going to be sticking as a starting quarterback, mm-hmm. you got to be fucking – this can't be a good feeling. Oh, yeah. And we're going to see a lot of moving pieces. I mean, just looking at trade yeah. perspectives, we obviously know Stafford. Like, it's been confirmed, like, virtually. Like, he's going to be moved. But outside of Stafford, I mean, Watson, potentially Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, um, Sam Darnold. Like, which one of those guys do you think potentially gets moved? Or how would you rank them if you had to among those guys? Okay, so I would probably say that, I mean, Watson obviously is probably the the most one that everybody would desire, but it's at what price? Right. Do you think he actually gets moved? I'm going to say yes. I think he gets moved. I don't I think do. he does. I just, I, I can't it's fathom a tall that. asking price. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if the Bears had to give uh, give up three first round picks and Kyle Fuller. Oh, sure. Yeah, cool. I'm in. Absolutely. Done. I think you take think... Robert Quinn too. Will he just fucking give him to you as part of it? Let's clear up roster space. Fuck. I um, think about 15 teams in the league would be fine with that. Yeah, I saw one that it was like the the proposed one to the Jets was four first round picks and Quinn and Nelson. Like it's like, oh fuck. Okay, now we're pushing boundaries in life a little bit. Um but there's I I yeah, you've got to figure that if you need a franchise quarterback, you want to build your team around some guy, the first guy you need to be calling is whoever Jackass is in charge of, you know, Houston. And it's a shame it's not Bill O'Brien, because we probably could have had him for a fucking Portillo's hot dog and something else that goes with it. Nick Foles. Yeah, oh, God bless. Um, I think he goes. I think the Tua piece is interesting, but I feel like that's only going to happen if he goes to the Texans. With it, I can't imagine there'd be much else Tua would be moved for. Yeah, I agree. I think that's and some of those pieces, which means moved. you look at some of the other ones. I, Sam Darnold's a very interesting piece. Um, I know I, I. You can't imagine that he's going to stay on that roster. With it, mm-hmm. you've got to figure he's going. Um, who are the other ones? I mean, Matt Ryan for the Falcons. Ryan's not going to go anywhere. He's going to mentor somebody and lose his job halfway through the season. 
Philadelphia Eagles? Is it going to be Carson Wentz? It's going to be Carson Wentz as much as it fucking pains me to say. With I, the, with well, how long it took him to get a head coach, there's no way that they're not going through and telling head coaching candidates. Wentz is our guy. You know, we, you need to be on board with that. And finally somebody said, yep, fuck it. Let's do it. With and Hertz, now, will Hertz still be on the roster or will he be moved? I want to say Wentz is the first piece to move over Hertz, okay. but Nobody fucking knows with that franchise. That that's a bigger clusterfuck than whatever Green Bay does. All right, real. All right, let's just go through heavy or yes no questions. Ooh, uh, for I like this teams. segment. Or four teams. Um, are they the starting quarterbacks to their team? Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos. No. Teddy Bridgewater for the Carolina Panthers. No. Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers. Absolutely not. And last but not least, Ben Roethlisberger for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Okay. Yep. I think the one I feel strongest about is Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo is gone. Garoppolo is going to end up in New England or Garoppolo is going to be a, a backup somewhere. I just, I don't feel confident about Garoppolo. Ben's going to start. I think, okay. I think he just comes back that way. Drew Locke is the wild card. You know, they've, they've come through and, and it sounds like he's kind of their guy unless they can go through and get somebody that they desperately want or that's more proven than what Drew Locke is. And it, the rumors are is that Teddy Bridgewater's done. He's done enough, but it's not enough. <laughs> like, yeah. I, that makes sense, though, right? No, it does. I mean, I think okay. Teddy, Bridgewater, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater's proved himself to be a solid quarterback, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's a quarterback that you can compete for a championship with. It's it's interesting as you go through this, and I know we're spending a little bit too much time on quarterbacks and everything like that, but you look at guys like Teddy Bridgewater, Alex Smith, Joe Flacco, guys that aren't flashy on the fucking stat sheet, but they do enough to win you a ball game from a coaching perspective. And for fantasy owners, that sucks balls because those are the guys that you really don't want to have, but those are the guys that can give you consistent numbers on a week-to-week basis between 10 and 15 points, and you know what you're going to get out of them. Like you can't feel good about owning some of those guys to a certain extent, correct? No, absolutely not. I mean, you, I'm sorry, I, I was reading something, but you said Flacco and who else? Flacco, Alex Smith, Teddy Bridgewater were the three that jumped off the initial page to me. With it of guys that are they're not going to lose you a game, but they're mm-hmm. not going to blow you off the stat sheet. Yeah, but I mean, I think we're seeing the NFL tr- uh, transition away from those guys. Like, those guys are just becoming smaller and smaller. I mean, you have, like, I mean, Flacco obviously doesn't start anymore, but Bridgewater and Alex Smith probably not being starters. Like, those guys just are a dying breed. Yep. It's, if you're not putting up big passing points through the air, you're mm-hmm. not a team that somebody wants. You're not a guy that somebody's going to need. And this is why some of these guys don't have jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're not going to go in depth on this, but just real quick yep. right now, how many rookie quarterbacks do you think are drafted in the first round? Some notable players that are going to be entering the draft, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Jamie Newman, Kellen Mund. Uh, how many quarterbacks do you think go in the first round of the NFL draft? Four. Okay. I'm going to say five. You're gonna go five. So who's who's okay? Yep. Okay. Mac Jones. Yeah, I think Mac Jones is the wild card to where where Mac Jones looked fucking great all year, obviously, and and did an, did an, did enough to you know potentially win a Heisman this year. Yeah, for sure. All right, 
that was a lot of quarterback talk. Let's move on to another but fun it's, position. It's the, mo- it's the most important position in our in our world. Like we played a two QB league. You've got to give them the time of day. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about some running backs and the running back position. Um, as far as free agents go, there's this is actually kind of a very decent class. Like you have some, dare I say, maybe elite caliber players uh, being free agents, and Aaron Jones and Chris Carson. You have some lower end starter guys and you know Ken Drake, James Connor, Leonard Fournette, maybe Todd Gurley still or Le'Veon Bell. And then you have some wild cards that have been in like backup situations, but maybe they'll get a chance to shine. Uh, Jamal Williams, Gus Edwards, Jeff Wilson, Philip Lindsay. Um those are kind of the big free agent types. Um outside of Aaron Jones and Chris Carson, is there anyone on that list that you're very curious to see how their free agency plays out i think there's two okay mike davis oh i didn't and, mention him okay and jarek mckinnon mm. two I, I know i know the mckinnon piece with it the, if, if you're not if you're gonna give me shit on mckinnon i'm gonna say leonard fournette yeah mckinnon i mean mckinnon i just i if the running back whisper in shanahan didn't find a way to greatly utilize him besides the time when his like running back core was dead. I have a hard time believing he's going to find work next yeah, year. I mean, Philip Lindsay's a restricted free agent, which, mm-hmm. okay, you've got this Adrian Peterson. I'm not sure if he's going to, he'll be a backup somewhere with it. You know, James White, Gus Edwards, both role player guys with part of it. Um, you got to figure the Packers are going to pick Jamal Williams back up. They're going to resign him. Uh, it's, this is an interesting one. Outside of the two guys you've said, I, I think Aaron Jones is going to get paid paid down in Miami. Okay. Um, Mike Davis has shown that he could he can do it with Carolina in some of those pieces. Todd Gurley, I don't think is great. Fournette, you know, playoff Lenny's look good with it. <laughs> if, if playoff Lenny has a great game against Kansas City, he's going to get paid. Um, yeah, but those are my initial thoughts. I'll let you kind of continue to go through with some of the other guys if, or echo some of the pieces that I said. No, I think, you know, you really covered it. Running backs are just such a wild card because we've seen time and time again, like these guys, just the second contract is just so difficult. And a lot of these guys, I think are going to find themselves in like a timeshare situation. I think gun to my head, only Aaron Jones and Chris Carson, I feel confident are going to be have featured roles. Now, will a Leonard Fournette or a Philip Lindsay or Gus Edwards or someone like that maybe have a chance to be in a featured role? Sure. James Conner, Kenyon Drake, maybe. Sure. But I just don't feel confident about those guys compared to Aaron Jones and Chris Carson. So it'll be interesting. I A lot of like those guys, like we saw them be relied on in like this year, or last year. And uh, it's just crazy to see how quickly their value can change. Are there any teams that jump off the charts for you? I mean, obviously, I said you know Aaron Jones is going to run down in Miami. I think that's a that's a fun thing to 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 play around in the head with. Are there any teams that desperately need a running back that you think some of these guys might fit very well on? Well, I think whether it's these guys or maybe you know, we'll just quickly for rookies. Yeah, it's, rookies. There's only yep. two or three guys that I think right now. Really I think I think there's the three. Charts. Three. Yep. You have um, obviously Najee Harris. You have Travis Etienne. And for me, my third is Javante Williams. I don't yes. know. Yep. No, okay. I was on Williams too. Yep. He's a okay. he's a big kid. I mean, he's not a big kid, but he can catch the ball. And I think that's a very yeah. important piece as we look at what a Christian McCaffrey can do in the world. 
era. And the, there'll obviously be more rookies that pop, but it's the rookie running backs are not nearly as exciting as they were last year. So yep. with all that said, I think right now the dream like spot for whether it's a free agent or whether it's a rookie running back, in my opinion, is going to be the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, just they brought in the Tennessee Titan guy to be their coach. You know, we saw how Derrick Henry was utilized. I think whoever the Falcons rely on, whether it's, you know, bringing in a free agent or drafting a rookie, I think that's going to be viewed upon as a, you know, elite spot, especially if they keep Matt Ryan and, you know, they just kind of run it back, if you will. So mm -hmm. that's probably number one. I think Arizona Cardinals aren't that far off. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake just wasn't great this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they the approach they take, um, if they draft someone or if they maybe go bargain shopping. Uh, so those would probably be my top two teams. Obviously, you know, the Jets are up there. Um, you, you mentioned Miami. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Miles Gaskin. I think he had a really, really strong year. Um, but what we saw from the Dolphins is that they pretty much just have a bell cow back situation. So if they do bring in Aaron Jones, I think it's actually going to be an upgrade for Aaron Jones, like from a fantasy perspective, which is crazy because I don't think many people would think that leaving a team like the Packers, but the Dolphins, I think are one of the few teams that would um, feature a running back enough to like have them be top eight. Like if it's a high end caliber player, but I also don't think it's a lock that they bring in someone the Dolphins seem like they have that forward-thinking ability, and I don't know if they're going to break the bank for someone like Aaron Jones. Yep. So the last question I'll ask you here is: uh -huh. obviously, we have all these guys that are going as on the free agent market. Yeah. Is there a team that you think that is absolutely next guy up material that we're going to watch take over and be the bell cow back this year without an age, without somebody being signed or a rookie being drafted in the backfield? Well, I think. You know, the biggest situation that I think everyone right now, as we saw, you know, kind of, you know, not a lot in the playoffs, but we saw a few highlights. I think A.J. Dillon in Green Bay just staying there like he's a rookie. He was drafted in the second round. Everyone thought it was ridiculous and it probably was. But if Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams leave in free agency, the Packers are a little bit strapped with cash. A.J. Dillon might find himself in a situation where he's the guy and he could be very, very, very good and provide a lot of value in that situation. So that's probably the immediate one that springs to mind for me. Um, maybe you look at, it could be finally Rashad Penny's time in Seattle, but I doubt it. Yeah, I, I, Penny was one of those ones there. But I think you look at, there's two teams where rookies are were drafted last year, uh -huh. you know, outside of Green Bay that had some play impact this year. And I think it's, you know, the LA Rams and the Baltimore Ravens, you know, with the fact Gus Edwards is a free agent, the rumors are Mark, Mark Ingram's on his way out with it. Like there were, there were people signing things for him and giving him jerseys like Mark Ingram's not going to be there. So you got to figure that, that that's that backfield is completely turned over with it. And you got to figure Cam Akers has won his, won his fair share. Obviously Malcolm Brown is an unrestricted free agent, but you got to figure that Cam Akers is just going to be that bell cow back. Oh yeah. I kind of actually already penciled those guys in. I mean, JK Dobbins pretty much has been the, de facto number one since mm -hmm. like week 10 or so and cam Akers, i mean maybe not week 10 but he kind of took over later in the season as well but yeah i think those guys are going to be very strong players and you know top 15 running backs on uh, fantasy next year for sure yeah all right so let's uh position moving in all right well, let's jump into the wide receivers and this is a. Uh, 
I mean, let's just start with free agency because right it's now it's great. It is stacked. I mean, we'll see who gets tagged, but just these, I think five guys could potentially be like amazing wide receiver ones for a team. Yep. Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, Juju Schmischuster, and I'll throw them in here. Will Fuller, like that, right off the bat, is insane. Some of these guys are going to get tagged, I would imagine, but mm-hmm. some aren't, and it will be. You know, we're going to see a lot of teams that will be interested in them. Uh, and then even the wide receiver twos are some of the lesser guys. I mean, Curtis Samuel, uh, he's a great gadget guy. He had a very strong year for the Panthers. Corey Davis finally had his mini breakout. Nelson Aguilar had a strong year. Uh, and then you get to the vets, and the vets are, there's a lot of options there. I mean, Marvin Jones, uh, Sammy Watkins, Antonio Brown, Richard Higgins, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Larry Fitzgerald. Doubt he goes anywhere. Uh, Danny Amendola. Um, and then even just some of the maybe younger guys that could potentially be in line to break out. Tim Patrick, Alan Lazard, uh, Rashad Perriman, John Ross, Zach Pascal, uh, Keelan Cole, Josh Reynolds. And those you're, are... missing, you're missing one name for me really quick, and it's the guy I fucking hate more than anything in the world. I Corey Davis. I said Corey Davis. Did you? Oh. Yeah. I, I was. I must have been so much. I must have been so focused on the fact that I wanted to hear his name and maybe Tim Patrick's and Zach Pascal's along the way with it that I just fucking just got oblivious. So I apologize. Good job. No, no, it's all good. Um, but I mean, it's yeah, stacked. It's fucking it's a very stacked. strong. It's so receiver. great mm-hmm. with it, and it, and it becomes. I mean, if you're a team that needs a wide receiver, and the worst part is, is I mean, why don't you cover the the rookies here? Because this is a fucking stacked rookie class coming in. Oh yeah, I mean, you have obviously. For me, Jamar Chase is probably going to be uh, the number one guy. Uh, but then you have the Alabama boys and Devontae Smith, Smith and Jalen Waddell. Um, Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Uh, let's, who else am I blanking on? Um, do, do, do. We have... Terrence Marshall out of LSU. Terrence Marshall out of LSU. You have um, Armand Ross St. Brown out of USC. Um, Tylen Wallace out of OK State, uh, Elijah Moore out of Mississippi, uh, Kadarius Tony out of yeah, Florida. Florida. Everyone's getting a love, or he's getting a lot of love. Tamari and Terry. Um, this is like long it's great. Less, but it's like, so great. But the top tier, like I think, is this wide receiver class. I think could come close to rivaling what we saw last year, and last year was historic. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of just position talent being influxed to the NFL and not a lot of like people retiring or wide receivers getting up there in age. I mean, obviously you have guys like Julio Jones, which are get he's getting a little bit old, but I mean, who else? Like, I feel like all the good wide receivers are like young and, you know, just thriving. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you, when you see the fact that Larry Fitzgerald's going to be a free agent and everything oh, like sure. that, you got to figure he's not going to be playing and anything like that. But Antonio Brown's 33 with it. Sanu's 32. Marvin Jones is 31. Um, Josh Gordon's 30, but he's never going to play again, so that really doesn't fucking matter with that. But, I mean, you know, then you get down to the fact that Allen Robinson's 28. Rashard Perriman's 28. It's oh. My question for you is, are you more excited about the wide receiver class coming in or the wide receiver class that exists that could potentially be signed by, uh, by you know, any team that they want to? Um, I like... I always like rookies. So wide receiver <laughs> class coming in. Yeah, I think there's maybe, like you said, you covered maybe there's maybe 10 names that are going to be free agents 
that you have to be really excited about that you've got to like if you own a share of any of these guys you hope that they land in the best fucking free agent spot with it and then you know if you're drafting the first round you need wide receivers that you've got a shot at some of these guys this like i think of all four positions that we'll talk about this is the one that i think is the most exciting from a talent perspective and from a free agent frenzy is there a team that you think um, needs to be in the hunt for a wide receiver, whether it's in the rookie draft or in free agency? Like any spring to mind that you think are going to be, you know, really targeting them? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, I think the Jets are one. Give me Philadelphia at two. Interesting, okay. With it, I, I, think, I, think, they're, I think it's great that you have a young kid that's going to take over, but Alshon Jeffries probably not going to be the answer. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside and um, the other ass hat that's over there are not the options that you need to go with. And then tickle me pantsy green Bay. Let's yeah. let, let's fuck it. Like MV. And I've talked to a couple of people. MVS had a good year, but MVS is not a two give Aaron Rodgers another weapon in that offense. Mm-hmm. And watch him feast, whether it's through the draft or through free agency. That's outstanding. I, I think Green Bay is a great market, depending on where a wide receiver ends up, that you have to be super excited about. Yeah, and I think just piggybacking off that with a few other teams, uh, we'll see how it plays out But the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae Parker right now is their number one, and he's an okay number one, but I think he'd be a phenomenal number two. Great number uh, two. Yeah, Chicago Bears. I mean, obviously, if A-Rob leaves, like it's Darnell Mooney and not a whole lot after him. And I like Darnell Mooney, but I don't think he's the number one. It also depends on who their quarterback's going to be, though, too. Eh, for sure. But Allen Robinson has thrived with some junk quarterbacks. And I think, you know, yep. if you're a if you have the talent, you're going to produce yep. um, New York Giants, I think, are is a very intriguing team. Uh, they've got just Slayton, Shepard, Tate, which all solid guys. But I don't know if any of them are, you know great pieces so i think if a number one player went there i think he could really thrive with a um you know the quarterback and Daniel. i think i think there's one team we haven't talked about and it really depends on their quarterback situation oh yeah the the houston texans oh Oh. okay good talk (laughs) there's nobody in houston i literally nobody brandon cooks randall cobb literally nobody brandon cooks had a great year brandon cooks had the most quietest yep. year that you've ever heard. Yep. So did so did Deshaun Watson for a guy that's not being talked about as the MVP. Well, there's no chance in hell a quarterback's gonna get MVP if they only win four <laughs> games. Quarterback's the most important hey, position. Number wise, though, he put up numbers. He did. Don't get me wrong. I yep. have okay. him on so, my team okay. for so Detroit um, Lions. Yeah, I mean Detroit Lions literally have no one. It's it's Quinta Cephas or Cephas. Quinta Cephas Jones. Or yeah, and, Quinta Cephas, yep. He was, I mean, cover yours, Kevin. He was not good. He just, like, he's a fifth-round rookie that had a boatload of opportunities and did nothing with it. And now people are like, oh, he's going to have a boatload of opportunities. Guess what? He's probably not going to do anything with it. So it'll be interesting just to see who they sign or if they draft someone. And and who's going to throw them the ball. That's that's a big piece, too. But they, I mean, I don't think they literally have anyone besides Cephas. So, yep. 
All right, and last but not least, everyone's favorite tight end position. Oh, I and hear Nick Ruth fucking screaming through the fucking <laughs> headphones as he listens to this. Tight end actually for free agency, it's, great. I think it's, it's very intriguing. I mean, you have some really solid to good starters, maybe even strong starters. Hunter Henry, um, Jonu Smith, Robert Tunyon Jr. He's a restricted free agent. Bob Tunyon. Yeah, and then, I mean, even the vets, I mean, tight ends, for whatever reason, they just play forever. Um, so we'll see what happens with Jared Cook, Tyler Eifert, Trey Burton. Gronkowski's obviously staying with Tampa, but he's a free agent. Yep. And then there's kind of like the wild side or wild card, like dart throws and, you know, Gerald Everett, uh, Moali Cox, maybe. But um, So let me ask you this question. Who was the last first round pick that has caught a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers? Oh, I know this. It's Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. He's a free agent this year. Thirty-seven. He's gonna fucking die. Jason Witten. Did he retire? I know fucking Greg Olson did. I have no idea if he retired. But I mean, Um, but you're right. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting names. I I use interesting as a you you get excited to a certain aspect about that, and I think there's only really two or three names that I think you can get really, really overly excited about sure. in Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, and Bob Tunyon. Mm-hmm. But you've got a Gerald Everett, a Tyler Eifert, a Moelle Cox. Moelle Cox had a great year, for the record. Jared Cook, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with him. Trey Burton, you know, Jacob Hollister. This is, a, I mean, we play in a premium league. I mean, these are guys that you've got to figure potentially are going to get paid depending on where they end up. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, there's some openings. Like, I look, like, actually some pretty good spots. There's some I mean, juicy openings, yeah. You know, we'll start with the Titans. Like, Joe Newsmith is a free agent. We'll see what happens with them. Same thing for the Packers, you know, with Tonyan being a free agent. Um, but how about teams like, you know, the Arizona Cardinals? They have mm-hmm. no one. Dan the Arnold. Cincinnati Bengals, we saw how much they featured tight ends. And Drew Sample right now is all they have, and he's mm-hmm. meh. And even the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, it'll be interesting to see. I, they have a lot of cap space. They're bringing in Urban Meyer. They're bringing in, you know, Trevor Lawrence. Maybe they go hard for a wide receiver, for someone like Hunter Henry or Jeremy Smith, or if they draft someone, I don't know. But some very interesting spots uh, that could be filled with, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think you get all the, the important ones. Yeah, I think you get all the fun ones with it. Um I don't think there's many outside of that. Maybe Indianapolis. Oh, yeah, definitely the Colts. I could see being an option. Um, the Texans, even if they, you know, if they keep Deshaun Watson, you know, they, it's Jordan Akins. He's, he's yep, all Jordan right. Akins, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, there's guys that are left in this position aren't flashy. They're, no. they're mediocre at best. But like I said, you only have really, I think, three flash in the pan guys. They're going to do anything with it. Gronk's only going to play if Brady plays, and it's only going to be in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, Gerald Everett's had some some moments where he shined in that way. But but you're right. I mean, but rookie wise, I think there's really only two rookies, maybe one that you can get overly excited about. I think I would have that maybe at three. Um, I think there's one that you can like. I mean, Kyle Kyle Pitts, Pitts. yeah, God, transcend or borderline transcendent. I think he's mm-hmm. going to be. Awesome, and uh, I'm at this point. The question is, how high does he go in the draft? Mm-hmm. Um, both the NFL draft and, frankly, our rookie draft. Our rookie draft. That that was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask you is, how early do you think Kyle Pitts goes in our draft? But we can save that until we cover the other two. 
Yeah. Um, the, um, and then the other two for me would be Brevin Jordan, tight end for Miami, and Pat Freermuth. Freermuth? Freermuth, uh, yep. Um, I think those three guys. Uh, Freermuth is kind of more like a all-around tight end. Brevin Jordan's kind of like a poor man's Kyle Pitts. Um, but I think all three of those guys at least are on my radar right now. We'll see you know, how the mm-hmm. senior bowl and whatever this combine world looks like. And of course, where they go in the NFL draft. Yeah, I think I think you hit all three of those. And I think so the question I'll ask you is how high does Pitts go potentially in our draft? It's really hard to say because I think there's so many unknowns. Like we just I mean, how many quarterbacks go in the first round? How many quarterbacks go in the top 10? Like, mm-hmm. there's just extenuating circumstances. Like, this first round, I think it's just going to be very, very, very stacked with uh, just potentially a lot of quarterbacks, potentially elite tight end, potentially one to maybe three running backs that are elite. And, of course, you know, wide receiver is potentially the biggest strength of this class as a whole. So this first round, I think we could see some a very, very strong talent get pushed down to, like, picks 10, 11, 12, maybe even into the early second round. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think he's not going to go, obviously, one, two, or three. So yeah. I guess maybe four is, like, the absolute best-case high scenario, in my opinion. But I, I'm not saying he's going to go for it, but I think that his range is probably anywhere from, like, four to ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh that's I don't think it goes as high as four. I maybe go six to six to yeah. ten. With it, I just think there's a couple other pieces for some of the teams that are picking. Oh yeah, up. I agree. Teams that would want to move up in some of those. But I you're agree. right. I mean, Kyle Pitts has fucking that early of a talent. And depending on where he ends up, if he ends up in Arizona situation or a or a Jacksonville situation, like you've got to figure that there's extra excitement around those pieces. And we talk about, you know landing spots where these guys end up who what you're going what's going to be more appealing and i think there's certain areas for a tight end that you've got to be really excited about as a landing spot oh yeah big time and uh, i mean man I, I i can't wait to see where they go and we're like the, oh, the nfl draft it's excited. we're about 100 days away less than 100 days away um it's I mean, it, it seems so far away, but I know it's going to fly by. Oh, it it, it is. I and mean, we're talking three months with this. I mean, we talked about this prior to this. We're 100 days, nine hours, 37 minutes to the button now <laughs> from drafting. 8.30 a.m. Friday, May 7th. Like, get excited. I mean, we know kind of where the first couple picks are going to go. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, you know, who's automatically getting their trade cap on who's trying to piece packages together for a team that might want to move back for a team that might want to move up. And I think this is where, as we begin to get closer, we watched the, the combine come out, which who knows what the combine's going to look like this year with it, with guys that are going to want to go, not want to go opt out, opt in. Um, COVID continues to mess with our world a little bit. I mean, what are your thoughts as, as we wind down here on what the upcoming combine situation potentially could look like i mean it's going to be different from like just reading some articles it seems like the nfl doesn't really care like they think it's going to be fine and it's just going to be the media that it's not the same for which makes sense i mean it's obviously not just going to be in one location but if it's all coordinated like these the scouts were already going to like these schools pro days 
So that's really not going to change things. So uh, for the NFL, I can see why they don't think it's going to be a huge difference. I think it will be interesting, though, because from everything I you know read in articles, it seems like just so much information is gained at the combine because of like the media getting to mingle with the personnel of the NFL teams and getting information. And with it not being in place, like, are we going to see like a lot more smoke screens or a lot of like unknown? Like, are we going to show up on draft day and like we're going to be surprised with like the eighth pick and the Lions taking like Kyle Trask and everyone's like, what the hell? And sorry, and NFL people are like, oh yeah, that made sense. Just no one like talked about it or had a chance because this year, you know, it's COVID and, you know, you're isolating and being all cautious and all that stuff. So I think that's the biggest thing that worries me or not worries me is uh, what excites me is had lack of potential transparency and what um, information we potentially don't get and just smoke screens and stuff like that. Well, should we move on to our final thoughts this evening? Yeah. um, Before I move to the final thoughts, I had one quick question that I thought of for the quarterback position going back because I was going down the rabbit hole of looking at mock drafts and I'm blown away that how inconsistent we see like who the second quarterback taken is. Sometimes it's Wilson, sometimes it's Fields, sometimes it's Lance. My question for you, gun to your head, is the second overall pick in our rookie draft, is it going to be Fields or is it going to be whoever the second quarterback taken in the NFL draft? So Fields by default or second quarterback taken? Second quarterback taken. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. I think depending on where Trey Lance ends up, that could be a very... Yeah, opportune pick. And I think that's where Jerry really puts himself on the clock with saying, you know, if even if Fields goes second to the mm-hmm. Jets, if we watch Trey Lance end up in a in a Detroit situation and we see during free agency, Detroit sign a couple free agents, give him a couple weapons. You know, he's obviously got a brand new running back with part of it. Um it, or if he ends up in Atlanta, for example, who knows? I think yep. there's a couple interesting pieces where I don't think it's a guarantee that it's Justin Fields. I think it's it very well could be a situational spot, but I think an absolute quarterback in our draft goes to Jerry at number two. Yeah, I agree. I, I always thought the draft didn't really start till the third pick, but it seems like more and more there's a chance that, you know, we know there's going to be a quarterback that goes too, but I don't think it's locked and loaded as to who it's going to be. No, and I think with the landing spot, again, with, with where I was just at in some oh, yeah. spaces, really kind of, plays into it. I mean, when we look at last year between Jonathan Taylor and CEH, you know, you could have gone little column A, little column B. Like, mm-hmm. were you really wrong with where they ended up? And, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I, I mean, who, who do you think between CEH and Jonathan Taylor was the better running back pre-draft? Ah, uh, Jonathan Taylor. And then I, all like, sudden, I like CEH. Yeah, and well, all of a sudden CEH goes to the Chiefs at 32, and you're going, hold on a second, do I need to change my draft strategy? And for some teams, yes, you change your draft strategy because this is exactly where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went. And other teams sat pat and said, no, Jonathan Taylor running behind the Colts line is the way to go. And, you know, it proved out that that Jonathan Taylor was, in fact, probably the better pick and understanding that that was an injury plague that came into last year for CEH. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's – you're damned if you – damned if you do, damned if you don't. No and, one knows shit. No, it's great. And it's fucking outstanding. Oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, as we wind down, I think it's great to be back, but we'll be back probably closer to free agency. 
unless any big news or trades go down. Um, we'll keep the podcast coming sporadically once a month, probably. I mean, we love talking to you guys, and it's it's a little bit more fun if there's topics you want us to talk about. Or trades. Or trades or pieces that you think are going to be relevant to cover, and you want our you know biased, bullshit opinion, please let us know. Or maybe Armand will take the ACT, and we'll have a score Ooh. to talk about. And then we can do a little column A, column B action. Armand just beat the year that it took Sam. If you do that, <laughs> you'll be everyone's favorite. Yep, correct. All right, adios, guys.